You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 80. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Looks like you have reached another Local Maximum. I'm here today with my co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, it's, it's been a long day, but uh, excited to talk about the topics we have. Well, Tumblr is a big topic, and I thought that was going to be one of many, but it turns out there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Tumblr. So let's jump into it real quickly. Uh, but first, I have a little pre-roll here, the, the flat earth thing. Did you hear about that? I don't know if I sent that. I, I, I haven't followed that. the details. I, I know they're out there and they, they won't go away. But Well, the flat earthers are always a good example because it's an example of fake news and people believing things they shouldn't. But it's not that um, emotional. You know what I mean? It's, you know, um, some of the things are way more um, like I, I was going to say controversial, but it's well, OK, like. The, the vaccination one, there's like far, far more is at stake, right? When people are not getting vaccinated. Sure, sure. I, I, I can't think of the last person who died as a result of flat eartherism. Is, exactly. Is there a better exactly. term for it than flat eartherism? What, what do they um, call themselves? I, I, I guess they call themselves. Do, flat do they call themselves flat earthers or is that a pejorative? You know, I've never asked one, so I don't know. Uh, but um, and this this is related to these Facebook campaigns. You know, Facebook ads are so hard to put on. A lot of them get rejected, and so there's an article. I can't believe the New York Times is talking about this. Like the flat earthers must be thrilled that they've gone mainstream. <laughs> so uh, you know, the New York Times is saying, well, this guy from NASA wanted to post a Facebook ad for his research or something like that, and then all these flat earthers decided to come on and, you know, say that his research is bad, it's fake news, it's based on the discredited round earth theory. And uh, they successfully commandeered Facebook's algorithm to make it very difficult for this guy to run ads. Now, now was so, this a matter of just they, they flagged it and uh, it took uh, until a human reviewed it to, to correct that? Or did they truly overpower the system? And even after humans reviewed it, they still said, yeah, we can't we can't let you post this ad. Yeah, no, I mean, eventually it would take a human to, to override it. But that's very expensive. You know, Facebook doesn't have uh, that many humans checking these things. So it's <laughs> and if your business depends on it or your plan depends on getting these ads out, it could be very frustrating. Sure. Yeah. And, and well, there's. There's all sorts of uh, controversy in, in science and science communication and, and uh, the, the publicity arm of science, but I, I think that's something we'll touch on uh, in, in another discussion. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this kind of just showcases the you know, minority rule. If you have a group of people that are so dedicated, they could pretty much uh, run the show. And also showcases, I think, the blind spots of centralized algorithms, centralized decision-making um, that all of these social networks kind of fall prey to, uh, which kind of leads us into our discussion today of Tumblr. Well, be before, so, we, before we jump to that, yeah. there's just one thing I want to throw out. Um, I haven't seen the commercial yet, but apparently there, there's been an ad campaign uh, by Google uh, talking about how Windows laptops are, are going the way of the dinosaur uh, and Chromebooks are where it's at. 
Uh, and the spokesperson for this campaign is Bill Nye, uh, formerly known as the Science Guy. Uh, and and so uh, it, it this is this is kind of at that intersection of of science and credibility, but also advertising uh, and yeah. and marketing. And uh, I, I I thought that was interesting. Um, he's not so much a scientist as the face of science. Th- this is true. He's an engineer, not a scientist, but he's he's very much been the face of science. Uh, but yeah. but also he's become more and more political and now uh, apparently commercial. Uh, and so it's interesting Absolutely. to see how that affects his perception and his ability to uh, communicate his message. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that rolls out. I mean, he's kind of a minor celebrity, you know, so he's got that... Uh, People of our generation all know who he is because we, we grew up watching That's a good point. We, all, yeah, we were forced to watch his show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Wait... No, I'm not remembering correctly. Were we forced to watch a show in I, I, I think uh, in I voluntarily school? watched it from home. Or did we watch it on TV? Yeah, I don't remember. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, Chromebook. I've never used a Chromebook. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I, get, I have an Apple laptop, a MacBook Air. Pretty happy with it. Well, so you, so you, actually, you don't have a dog in that fight, that, that you're sitting off to the side with, a, with an Apple product, not worrying about Windows so. fighting with Google. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. The the um, Apple uh, the the MacBook Air is kind of a less ex- still kind of expensive, but kind of a less expensive laptop. Very good for podcasting. Very good for podcasting. Um, I could just bring it around, my, particularly if I'm on the go and I'm trying to speak to someone in like I'm going to someone's office to do the interview. That's a really good one to bring. Tim Cook, if you're listening, uh, apparently we are available for sponsorship. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon, pretty soon. All right. So back to Tumblr. Sorry, sorry about no. the uh, the sidetrack okay. there. That's no problem. No problem. The main headline for Tumblr today. Okay, why are we talking about Tumblr? Other than like, I do want to get into the long term story of Tumblr. But the main headline is that Tumblr was sold to this company called Automatic, but that's essentially WordPress. You know, WordPress.com. Most people have heard of them. They're the blogs and stuff. Now, where, and so, where do they rank in terms of, of the blogging platforms? Are, um, cause I don't know, but... The other I, big one I is use, Blogger, which is... Is that owned by Google? Oh, that's dead. That's dead. Oh, no. Who, yeah. what's, what's the one that's owned Square. by Google? Oh, no. Blogger was owned by Google. Okay. But, but that's part of the Google graveyard now. Ah. Uh, whatever episode that was. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, the other one is Squarespace, the one that mine are on. And there's a lot of arguments back and forth for Squarespace and WordPress, but that's besides the point. So the, uh, WordPress bought Tumblr for under $3 million, while in 2013, Tumblr was originally sold to Yahoo for $1.1 billion, which means in terms of market capitalization, Tumblr lost 99.7% of its value, which is like... That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah, the, from uh, the Yahoo um, executive chief executive saying, "You know, we promise we're not going to screw it up." Okay, the last point three percent, we got it. No. I mean, look, the, a, a bigger percentage of the community is still there. I don't think I don't think they chased away ninety nine point seven percent of the community, but ninety nine point seven of the per, of the market value. Well, I guess yeah, you I'd be say. curious to see what their their user numbers or their engagement numbers are and how those have changed. Um, and th- there have been a number of, of uh, kind of philosophical shifts in during the, the Yahoo era. I, I'm curious how much you can attribute 
loss of of both market share and user base to each of those changes, uh, which, which yeah. I certainly don't have the data in front of me to to make a, a strong case for how much goes where. But uh, I, I think, well, we're gonna go we're gonna go through the story today. Yeah, so, I, I think we can confidently uh, say that that those changes have happened. Just we we can't tie the numbers directly to one or the other. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, and we could even speculate what would have happened if they remained independent. Um, I think there are a lot of lessons here for tech and business in general, um, and but I think there's also like a sign of the times here. I think a lot of stuff similar to Tumblr in terms of the creative quirkiness was coming around 10 years ago and now has gone the same way. Um, I think everything that Tumblr represented has been torn apart by the social changes over the last five years. So let's talk about the history here. I think there are probably a lot of people listening who don't actually know what Tumblr is, um, believe it or not. Um, so... In 2013, uh, the young founder, David Karp, who I actually met once, uh, he sold the company to Yahoo for $1.1 billion. I actually met him in the, uh, I think it was the December of 2012, when uh, there was a meeting with the New York tech startups on how to stop something called the Stop Online Privacy Act, which was um, a bill in the Congress that would heavily regulate the internet, particularly when it comes. Oh, st- I keep. I always call it Stop Online Privacy Act, Stop Online Piracy Act. Ah, Sorry. Okay. Um, very yeah, very yeah. different, or is it? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's always going about, um, you know, copyright laws. Which, whether you're for copyright laws, it r- really is onerous to a lot of these big platforms because you're always going to find some violation, and. Uh, and it really makes these platforms very difficult to operate prop- profitably. Um, and so uh, there was a lot of um, th- there was a lot of attention on that then. Um, so anyway, what uh, the the uh, uh, Yahoo's Marissa uh, Mayer uh, she promised not to screw it up. That was the quote. You don't, you don't kind of don't want to make that your quote. It's sort of uh, dangerous. Um, I, you know, I feel I, I'm sure she said a lot of things, but so I don't think that Yahoo made specific changes to Tumblr's platform to screw up their platform, but they also didn't make changes to it. So th- well, yeah. that's kind of stagnation I, I, there. So there's also a tough situation. In preparation for this discussion, I did revisit uh, a couple of Tumblr pages, uh, and yeah, and it, it looks exactly the same way it did. The, the last time I remember, which was years ago. So yeah, the, hmm. the, the interface has not... And, and granted, you don't want drastic interfaces, um, interface changes, uh, I, but on, on, on the same page, I remember being really grumpy because I was uh, an early adopter on Facebook when they started changing away the way that you're... Uh, changing around the way your page looked. You, if I remember correctly, Aaron, you believed that Facebook went downhill very early. You're like in in the early days oh, yeah. of like 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I want the old Facebook back. I'm I'm out. <laughs> is that I, is that accurate? I, I liked the the clean, uh, uniform uh, appearance of of its early uh, early format, uh, and I I did not bail until I think it was 2016. But uh, I I was disgruntled about it long before that. Yes, I I remember that. I remember that well. So who was using Tumblr originally? I th- I would call it a haven of internet culture. Uh, it was a lot of personal microblogs, memes, especially the early memes. Uh, I think a word we're going to come out, out up with is like niche 
and marginalized communities. Yeah, there was there was a lot of a lot of fandoms, um, uh, some some larger than others. Um, there was a fair amount of is, is it Rule Thirty Four or Rule Forty Three? I can never remember. But uh, <laughs> what is that? Uh, <laughs> one is uh, yeah. Well, go for it. Uh, one of them is. Uh, uh, relates to if you can think of something uh, that that is uh, bizarre and porn related, it exists on the internet. And and if if yeah. it exists on the internet, there is probably a Tumblr for it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, there were a lot of like creatives and very young people on it who were kind of experimenting with the internet for the first time. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I guess it originally w- did, did it bill itself as. Was the term microblogging? Was was that yeah. Tumblr? That yeah, they made it very easy to put stuff up on there. You, you know, this this was still in the era when uh, if you it wanted a web page, between... you kind of needed to know yeah. HTML and some design, and and this was very much a way around that. Um, before, you know, in 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 the way that uh, that that Twitter is is kind of micro posting, but this was much more right. in a blog type. Uh, well, they ecosystem. kind of built themselves as between, uh, kind of between Twitter and Blogger. Yeah, like somewhere. V- v- yeah, very a, a big emphasis on uh, while while Twitter was you post something and everyone can see it. Tumblr, there there was there there was the ability to to put kind of some some privacy lockdowns on things so only certain people could see stuff. But even more than that, it was. It was kind of a, a self-segregating, like we said before, niches. Uh, and so yeah. while, while it may not be locked down, it was only people who are interested in this particular thing are going to go to this corner of Tumblr and, and find it. Uh, and so you I didn't have also... to worry about being broadcast to everybody and, uh, and in the way that you, that you do on Twitter, that it's, it's a global communication yeah. there. Or global conversation. I'd also describe it. I, I said between Twitter and Blogger, but today you would say between Twitter and something like Medium, hmm. where it's like you have to think every sentence that you have has to be well thought out. Right, because and back, back then piece, blogging was and, was long form might be a little bit overkill to to yeah. use the term, but but what we would now call long form, and that you know you you had several paragraph posts and stories whereas on Tumblr uh posting an image and a couple of sentences was not unusual yeah and sometimes yeah. just so, images uh, so it was it was very meme friendly before a lot of people really knew what a meme was uh in in the way that it's entered the the global consciousness now right right um so in in addition to some of this uh so some of the adult oriented content um and, and it was not all porn i think it was I think it's like 85% non-porn, <laughs> which is probably the, probably reflects the internet as a whole. Um, around there the there used to be some, some yeah. joking statistics about how like 99% of the internet is porn. Uh, but, but I, I don't know if those were ever yeah. true. Uh, and, and no. if they were, I think that may have been from a, a, a time long ago in a faraway place. Yeah. So no, it was, it was like 15%. And, and as I was saying, it wasn't all, like some of it had a purpose, like some of the adult oriented content were kind of geared towards having an open discussion about, uh, you know, topics that, um, maybe people didn't have elsewhere to go. Like, yeah, I, I, I think too. it's not stuff that I have a lot of insight into, but, um, it, it was also a lot of like, um, uh, uh, communities for people to belong to that maybe needed, um, I don't want to say like needed help, like not help communities, but in some cases, yeah, like people who had similar 
who are in similar situations, things like that. The, the impression I, I I've gotten be, is, is yeah. that, yeah, a lot of those communities that not necessarily marginalized communities, but ones that that you weren't you wouldn't necessarily be comfortable talking with uh, with people out in the open about uh, that, that you wanted to be able to learn more, talk with people and and not feel, you know, in the case of the LGBTG community. The, <laughs> Don't even try. Yeah, with with, with the, that with that community that you know may, maybe you aren't out uh, out of the closet so to speak, but the, Tumblr was a place that you could go uh, interact with people in that community safely. Uh, and and unlike Facebook, where you know sure there might be a, a group that that is uh, that is that is friendly that is. Uh, people in that community, but you don't necessarily want to join that group and out yourself to everybody else on Facebook or or whatever platform. Um, and yeah, so yeah, and a lot the, of it was, I mean, the LGBT. combination of anonymity and all these yeah. niches, uh, and yeah. and you know, also I I, uh, I understand uh, the BDSM community uh, and and various other types of of kinks uh, were very involved in Tumblr because it was a safe place to have conversations about that uh, and. That has changed uh, somewhat since then, Par- partially right. because of the the crackdown on pornography, um, but also because I think it's it's tough to crack down on pornography without also catching in the crossfire a lot of these uh, kind of borderline topics that that intersect with that. Yeah. So before we go on and talk about the rest of the Tumblr story, let's take a minute to talk about some of the old Tumblr sites or. or- you know, what it was like in the, try to remember the heyday of Tumblr. One is this XKCD comic post that I saw from March, 2012. And it was sort of making Tumblr, uh, the, the point it was making is that like all of the weird things that go on the internet go on Tumblr. So this one has someone says, you know, those weird noises from my attic, Turns out some raccoons got in and were operating this like raccoon sex dungeon. And then someone else says dot tumblr dot com, and then the uh, the caption is for me dot tumblr dot com has been gradually replacing would be a good name for a band. So you, uh, you can really stick it on the end of anything, much much like the old uh, fortune cookie game uh, of just yeah. adding in bed to the end of it. Uh, you know, I, I have a maxsklar dot tumblr dot com. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. No, it was when I was trying to blog. I don't remember what's up there, uh, but I think all of this content got moved to my regular blog as well. So actually, do I even have access to that? Let me see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just it got Still reposted. There. Some reposted. Actually, some local Maximum episodes are up there. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. So anyway, uh, some of the ones mentioned in a recent New York Times article uh, were Garfield minus Garfield. Have you heard of this one? I, I did not realize that was a Tumblr thing, but I, I do remember yeah. that. And it's, it's now got its own website, Garfield minus Garfield.net. Basically, they remove the cat from the comic. Um, Makes it much more head- surreal. Yeah, the headline is Garfield minus Garfield is a site dedicated to removing Garfield from the Garfield comic strip in order to reveal the existential angst of a certain young Mr. John Arbuckle. It is a journey deep into the mind of an isolated young everyman as he fights a losing battle against loneliness and depression in a quiet American suburb. Isn't that a really, you know, that's often true, like theories that people come up with for movies and TV shows, like this character doesn't exist. And the only one, it's only in the imagination of this other character. Mm. And then when you think of it that way, it's very disturbing. 
Um, another one is Scanwitches, which I really don't understand. Uh, that one looks I'm like not side, with. It looks like side pictures of, of sandwiches, but I don't think you actually put that in the scanner. <laughs> I don't know how that's how they get the... Unless the scanner doubles as a panini press. That would actually be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> Much better than the uh, photo scanner slash paper shredder. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there is probably a Tumblr for useless products like that. Certainly well, a Reddit. What One of the things about uh, particularly something like Garfield minus Garfield is I don't know if it could have if it could have grown up anywhere other than Tumblr, given the fact that uh, there, there are certainly uh, potential copyright issues with taking somebody else's uh, copyrighted yeah. work. Uh, I, I would... I would say that they are altering it in a fashion that's creating a new and different, uh, or, or at least a work with a new and different meaning. Uh, but, but I could very easily see if you were posting that on uh, Facebook uh, or, or if, it, if it was in video format on YouTube with getting a takedown notice for that because uh, whoever owns the, uh, the copyright on, on Garfield uh, might pursue that aggressively. Uh, but because yeah, it, it grew even up if the law both both even in if a the time law, and a place uh, where that wasn't necessarily pursued in the same way, it, it was able to flourish enough until it could stand on its own. I mean, here's the thing with copyright law: like, even if the law is on the side of the Garfield minus Garfield people, you could have uh, the lawyers for, for whoever owns the Garfield comic strip go after them and and, and make is it Yahoo so much of a hassle. going to take a stand and and defend the. Uh, the, the tiny Tumblr blog here, or are they no. going to bow to whatever media empire owns the rights to Garfield? No, because ultimately you have to imagine, look, Yahoo was losing money left and right. They just bought this thing for $1.1 billion with the expectation that Tumblr is going to make money. Um, so you can't just buy something for a billion dollars. Were they making money like, when they got uh, bought or were they at that stage like many startups where they have a huge valuation, but they haven't yet turned a profit? Oh, Tumblr? Yeah. No, not even close. They, I, I, they, I don't think they had uh, much of an ad, um, an ad network up yet. Well, I, I'm actually, I understand they had the an story. ad team, but yeah, I, I don't yeah. remember. My, my impression had been that much like uh, most blogs, that that when you have ads on there, that those are going to the uh, to the, the 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 person who runs the blog, not to the 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 platform. But uh, I. I don't. I honestly don't have much insight into how that yeah. that runs. So let me tell you. Let me tell you because because this was in some of the articles. So um, basically, uh, Yahoo set up very aggressive sales sales goals for them. CEO set a sales goals a sales goal of a hundred million dollars per year in ads. That sounds which, like a lot. Hey, they, but they bought it for one point one billion. So, so it would take eleven years to. Well, and that, and that's not profit. That's revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's. Um, but it sounds very aggressive for um, where they were at. Sure, um, sure. And so, and and maybe they they could have ramped it up a little bit more. And so, Tumblr then and today too was burning a lot of money, um, and that's why it's so low three point three three million dollars. You might think, um, hey, I could buy it. You know, some people <laughs> listening to this. But it's not just the three million dollars. It's also cost very costly to run. So it was probably in danger of just being shut down. Um, but um, I think what happened was they brought – well, let me read this quote from the article because uh, Tumblr wanted to do the ads one way and Yahoo wanted to do the ads the other way. Uh, 
It says, top Yahoo executives clashed with Tumblr or just flat out confused employees. On one occasion, an executive overseeing Carp and his division perplexed employees by saying he thought Tumblr had the potential to, quote, create the next generation PDF, according to multiple sources. What does that even mean? We'll talk about it. I think that means <laughs> Are they that, literally um, talking about the, the portable document the file format? format? Yes, but I think I, I think... I, I think what he was trying to get at was like uh, a way to post on the web that everyone can read. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. The, the guy probably didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, continuing on, at other times, a top Yahoo sales exec spoke down to Tumblr's advertising team and pushed aside a beloved leader, according to multiple employees. Tumblr staffers fled by the dozens cutting into the company's momentum and morale. Now, whenever you see these things written in article articles, it's always hard to tell what the real story is. Um, yeah, we, I've been in similar situations. We've talked about from, from the Foursquare perspective. That yeah, yeah, Periodically, you, you see talks about employee exoduses, and from the inside, it, it certainly didn't look that way to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've also had situation where, you know, I've seen people pushed aside who I really liked, and then I thought that was a terrible decision, but I'm sure somebody else has a different story. So the point is that you really don't know what's going on on the inside. But I can imagine, look, there's got to be a clash of civilizations between Yahoo and Tumblr. Um, and also likely started our, our beloved trust and safety department, probably during that era, uh, which is there to make sure that everybody stays within the guardrails. And Tumblr... The Tumblr community is not exactly a place. Uh, it's not exactly a, a place full of people who love guardrails. I would imagine. Yeah, I, I don't know how big the 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 company was uh, at the time of the takeover in terms of employees, but it was probably similar to Foursquare. It was probably hundred or so. Yeah, which which would be a major change in pace, yeah. uh, getting gobbled up by by Yahoo. Yeah. Um, there, there was, and, and and everything that comes along with that, uh, both both in terms of you know culture and and targets and objectives, uh, yeah, huge huge shift there. There was speculation that Foursquare would be bought by Yahoo, and they went with Tumblr instead. I, um, well, I, I I I don't think that's true, um, but anyway, uh, okay. Uh, so what happened? Oh, the rest of the story now. Is that so? They were only with Yahoo for so long because Yahoo said, "Hey, we understand you. We, you know, promise not to screw you up. Fine." But then Yahoo went belly up, and so Yahoo got uh, uh, gobbled up by uh, AOL, Verizon, and now Verizon had this thing. And if you think Yahoo was a clash of culture with, with, with Tumblr, Verizon, a company that never wanted it, <laughs> all of a sudden owns, owns this. And so, right, the story was Verizon bans porn at the end of last year. A bunch of exceptions and regulations to that. Um, but, you know, they also take to heart a lot of the regulations and copyrights. So one of the things that happened is that copyright laws have been more heavily enforced. I think the victory over SOPA in 2012 was kind of delaying it, maybe delaying the inevitable. And hmm. they had some, some rough stuff on there that was, um, you know, very, that, that you really couldn't depend, de- defend, like, you know, uh, things that were mentioned were self-harm and Nazis. There was one case of 
child porn that popped up, but that was under the Verizon regime. So this was already after, you know, all those acquisitions. I'm sure the like they had a they have a bunch of automated systems like most people do to try to um try to make sure that those types of things don't crop up on your systems. But how much do you think Verizon was investing in those automated systems, you know, or, or Yahoo when they were, you know, losing money and going belly up? They're like, oh, you want to spend more on systems to make sure, you know, that that content doesn't doesn't appear? They're like, oh, we have a million other problems, I'm sure. So that, yeah. all that is a problem. And that's why, you know, the thing, the um, it's hard to, to keep this thing alive, even though there are um, – there are specific communities who are, have a really vested interest in keeping this alive, which is probably why it's not dead. Um, so, yeah, a lot of articles have come out about this. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, independence to Yahoo, to Verizon, to now uh, WordPress. And by the way, so they, they were one of the New York communities, these guys. Uh, they were um, in the Flatiron District, which is where Foursquare originally moved near Union Square Ventures, which invested in both Foursquare and Tumblr. Um, and there are similar trajectories to the two companies. And Foursquare remained independent, but definitely gotten more corporate and enterprisey over the last 10 years. All right, so ready to go to the key yeah. takeaways? <laughs> I, 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 don't know, I don't know what else to, to, to add to that. <laughs> well, let's, let's try to figure out, well, first of all, some of these headlines. I really have a beef with some of these headlines. The New York Times uh, article by Kara Swisher, the headline they wrote was, Who Killed Tumblr? We All Did. Well, excuse me. Speak for yourself. I didn't kill Tumblr. Uh, New York Times wants, like, collective guilt on all of us. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, the Wall Street Journal says. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I, I think the the uh, the less finger pointy way to interpret that would would be that it wasn't that Melissa Meyer screwed something up or or Yahoo did something wrong. It's it's that the whole the whole internet took a a, a major and it, maybe it wasn't a sharp turn, but but they they reoriented their direction and all of a sudden Tumblr was not. Tumblr was going in a different direction, and the rest of the internet uh, made, made a made a shift, and so Tumblr's no longer on the you know the main thoroughfare, and and that that hurt them. Now, whether whether you put that at the foot of us as as internet users or us as Americans, or, or do you put it at the foot of uh, the corporations who uh, perhaps drove this shift? You know, your what is it the 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 Fang uh, the Facebook. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Uh, there's you, you can have a healthy debate about who's to blame there, but but I, I think maybe the the argument is that it it wasn't just the the team at Tumblr that that screwed up, and that's why we're 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 seeing this this story of of quote unquote failure here. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if I buy that, but but it's it's an interesting take on right. So I want to go over a few key takeaways that I have. So one in general, like a large corporation buying a fresh quirky startup is fraught with risk, and you can say you won't screw it up, but there are a lot of practical things that um, make that very difficult to happen. I kind of reminds me of when MySpace was bought by News Corp. Um, mm. You know, it really prevented MySpace from 
competing in the social sphere. And that's why yeah, we're all well, stuck with Facebook today instead of Tom, who seems like he would be <laughs> a much nicer guy, you know, running our social network than, uh, than Facebook. Than Mark? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> No, yeah, we don't know the real Tom, so I should. Uh, it's hard to to see one of these uh, examples of a large corporate entity gobbling up a a promising startup and not see it as a case of, uh, you know, this this company wants to come in and there's something this new new company this hot new company has that they want to cannibalize or or they they want to strip it for what it's what its value is. Right. Rare, rarely is it. Oh, we we want to we want to nurture and grow this this innovative new thing. It's they have something we want. Let's pay a ridiculous amount of money so we can buy them. No one else can, and then extract the nugget of goodness and use it for our own purposes. Now, the, which I can't blame them because that's that's what big corporations yeah. do. Now, on, on the other side, though, there is one that I would say worked, uh, and that would be Google buying YouTube. Uh, and or I, I, I guess I. But would, they also I would say screwed it up. All sorts of issues with yeah. YouTube. They but, they screwed it up. But in I don't know way. how much. Yeah, I I don't know how much the acquisition has changed the trajectory of YouTube. I think they could very easily have ended up kind of in the same place or or go going in the same direction if they hadn't been bought. It's not that that being bought by Google screwed them up. Right. Um, well, right. It didn't screw them up in terms of valuation. That's for sure. Um, well, yeah, and same with Instagram and Facebook, uh, but yeah, it's it's you know, ultimately they're going to have to change the way they do things, especially in the Tumblr case. I mean, look, Tumblr was using a lot of money; it was losing a lot of money. It's one thing if they're like if Tumblr was making Monday money hand over fist, and they bought Tumblr, and they're like, "Good, we just want access to this revenue stream," and then they could intervene here and there to get some synergies. I can't. I hate myself for using that word, but <laughs> but 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 somebody's got to do it, right? Right. But but what I'm saying is that if if they were very profitable, then they wouldn't have to make drastic changes. Um, and also, that's the same danger of taking VC money. So ultimately, if you're going to take hundreds of million, over a hundred million dollars, there's going to be ex- expectation of big returns. So I think in some cases, if you don't raise big, you can have more creative control. And you could still make good money. Like if Tumblr stayed, you know, afloat by just, you know, monetizing its its users and growing very slowly, um, step by step and monetizing as they go and not taking a hundred million dollars, then maybe they wouldn't have had to look for something like an acquisition or make huge changes to make that money. And they still could have made good money. Like, you know, if you have tens of millions of dollars in profit coming in, okay, that's not going to make a VC happy, but that'll make... You know, people in their twenties and thirties who are employees very, very happy. You know, so um, and and the owner especially. Sure, but the 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 risk to taking that uh, slower, safer route is that in the meantime, somebody else is going to exactly suck up all that VC money, and they're going to own the market. And and now it's not are are you competing with other people with good ideas? It's you're the small fish, and they're the behemoth with you know a billion dollars in uh, in valuation. Uh, ready to crush you uh, and, and possibly just buy you up because now you're the the uh, useful little idea that they can afford to snatch because they've got all this VC money. Right. If, if it's a winner-take-all market, especially, uh, you kind of need VC money. But in the case of Tumblr, I don't know. I mean, it's not like somebody else could create a 
like what was coming in to create a community that was a lot like Tumblr, like even even a Reddit, which has some similarities to Tumblr, um, it it wouldn't really be a replacement, I would argue. And I, I don't know, though. I, I don't know if he, I don't know if he could have started uh, if, if he could have gotten to the point where they reached you know, maxima, uh, uh, critical mass to have that big enough community uh, without taking that money. But I don't think there was some company that would come in and, like, eat their lunch in terms of competition. Yeah, well, so, so this this discussion of, uh, you know, winner-take-all markets, uh, it, it reminds me, I recently read uh, Peter Thiel's uh, book Zero to One. Oh, yeah, I read uh, that. He, he, he talks a little bit about that uh, and, and how one of the biggest dangers when uh, a set, when assessing how i guess the potential of of a business idea is drawing the line around where your market is incorrectly do do you draw the market such that it's very easy for you to to pose yourself as the dominating factor there or do you draw a a much bigger market so you can say that well there's there's a lot more uh you know potential money in the market as a whole but now we're a much smaller piece of this and so we've got to and it's it's not so much that there is a right answer as uh, how how you how you pose that uh, colors your interpretation of the world around you, and if if you are too short sighted or too long sighted, then you're going to miss opportunities. And it it's all about catching the right perspective, um, which which I th- I think is they they certainly uh, in in coming up with that $1.1 billion valuation back in the the Yahoo acquisition, right. uh, w- one could argue that they, they drew the picture of the addressable market and the share that, that Tumblr was about to inherit uh, inaccurately. Well, in retrospect, that was almost like a Hail Mary pass. Um, well, yeah, there's also there was all sorts of Bad is not not the right term for it, but all, all sorts of messy stuff going on at Yahoo. Sure, and and so, yeah, that, that hail mary is a good good word for it. Yeah. That that they thought that that this could, if they'd hit that that what was it hundred million dollars in ad revenue uh, benchmark, then may, maybe that would have turned things. Yeah, around. maybe it would have taken off. But uh, yeah, I I think they tried to do it too fast, and you know. Um, didn't have it grow organically the Tumblr way. They kind of brought in their own people, and they needed it fast, you know? So that's that's yeah. what happened. So now we're talking about not just business in general, but but the sign of the times. Like, are quirky web startups dead? Um, you kind of see a similar evolution to Foursquare. Now looking across from Foursquare to Tumblr, man, I am glad we didn't get bought by Yahoo. Uh, that sounds like, uh, I mean, uh, it would be good for my friend Dennis. Uh <laughs> he would be uh, enjoying himself right now. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, it wouldn't be necessarily good for you as an employee in terms of job stability, uh, but for you as an employee who who may have had uh, some some amount of equity, that that probably would have been really good. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I suppose if but, if you'd known the right moment to cash out, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true too. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to have lost. 99 was it 99.7 percent of of your equity that that well would be it would have been converted to yahoo equity or sometimes when yahoo maybe they bought it and everyone just got cash and then was free to reinvest so i mean that would have been great but anyway um i think uh 
Yeah. So there have been a lot of technological changes, but also social changes over the last 10 years. There's a lot less like there's a lot less toleration now. I don't know why that is, but it's just um, and I don't maybe in some ways it's a good good thing in, in some areas, but it just seems like uh, people are a lot more scared to experiment. And that's a bad thing. In in terms of, of companies or in terms of, of content. the content that they were hosting? Content, absolutely content. Um, but, you know, it takes it takes a certain types of personalities to come up with these quirky communities like Tumblr or Foursquare, or I'm trying to think of others. Um, but, you know, Reddit probably at, at, at one time, particularly when it was starting out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't spend much time on it, but my impression is that Pinterest has some pretty quirky communities within it as well. Yeah, yeah. So where are the kids today doing this? I think they're not. <laughs> they're, get off my lawn. Yeah. No, I mean, I uh, right. Get off my lawn and start being creative, uh, <laughs> I would say, if I had a lawn. Um, <laughs> no, but like it. it um, it, I think people are less encouraged to do this kind of thing on the internet. Or maybe it wasn't like they were encouraged then, but it was sort of the newness, the promise of it that got people really excited. Yeah, it's it's tough to recall back to, I mean, are, are we talking in, in 2013 during the acquisition? No, or, I'm talking... Or even before that? I'm talking more like 2010 plus or minus three years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to remember how much the the internet and the web was or was not uh, the wild, wild west back then. Yeah, well, mobile um, was new. Um, you know, blogging was in. You had... Uh, the the app revolution hadn't really hit yeah. in full force yet. Do you remember the net roots? That's a word that I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, but there there was a word called the net roots. I think it was like online political activists, people like that. Um now, yeah, now you don't hear that word because everybody has to do it. Um, so, all right. Um, I am still bullish on the crypto network idea that I started talking about in episode nine, where I think that a lot of over the next decade, really the 2020s is going to be the rise of these decentralized networks um, that are hopefully going to replace, not replace, but supplement these corporate behemoths that will hopefully be an area for openness and creativity but we so, will so see. this is a perhaps uh naive question but yeah. how how does that differ from from the quote-unquote dark web because is, is that not oh. a a non-corporate decentralized uh somewhat crypto network um or, um, or is there more to it that, that you're envisioning that would separate it from that other than the stigma of the dark web yeah so dark web is can be centralized like you can host a server on the dark web it just uses encryption and tor this would be a completely decentralized system where if let's say and it sounds very difficult to do but if you have the technology to make it easy and fun that's the that's the goal but it would be like all of us would if you want to run a a tumblr you would essentially start your own server and you would host your Tumblr page. And if you want to search Tumblr and learn about everyone else's Tumblr, you have some code that searches Tumblr and, and gives you the search, but it wouldn't be centralized. There would be several different options. So it, that, that would kind of be your solution to balancing 
censorship versus um, versus freedom, where you would have uh, a uh, you would have a choice of who to use to be your 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 search and guardrail. As opposed to uh, even in an era when you can have your own website and your own blog, um, if your your content is being hosted on Blogger or Tumblr right. or uh, Squarespace or or whoever else is you're using as your platform, uh, you are still somewhat subject to their whims that they can they can flip a switch and turn you off if what, for whatever reason you're doing something they don't approve. Right, of. and so and that's been a problem in Tumblr. It's been a problem everywhere. And another problem is monetization, where the owner kind of sucks up all the money. <coughs> Whereas a lot of what people are discovering in these cases is that it's very tough to do, which is why it's taking so long. But you could set up a system, you could set up kind of a decentralized system of monetization where, you know, if, you know, there's a there's some ad network and I can run ads. Um, and if I want to buy ads, I can buy ads. And there's no centralized person stopping me like Facebook or the Flat Earthers or something like that. And <laughs> if I want to sell ads, I could sell ads and there's no third party taking a cut and telling me what ads I can and cannot have. And so I think a lot of content creators would like that. That is the goal. That's the vision. Because um, uh, back, back in the day, what was it? Uh, were, they, were they blog rings? Is that, is that the right term? I don't um, know. But the, it, I, I, there was there was a thing where if if you were a blog that that uh, addressed a certain subject uh, or or shared some some central uh, you know uh, b- belief or philosophy with other blogs, you you would be part of their ring, and and so not only would you have every uh, other members of this network uh, linked from your blog, but also you guys might carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, advertisements, or or it might be that someone could purchase an ad, and it would automatically be shared across all of the the blogs in this network. Yeah. Um, and this this was kind of before Google uh, uh, was it AdSense uh, or or right. or the various uh, large kind of advertising aggregators came in and, and scooped all that up. It was it was very much a kind of a DIY approach to that. Yeah, well, we need that for the podcast now. Um, no, well, <laughs> there's a lot about the current ad networks that are um, that, that, that are actually pretty decentralized with lots of companies involved. But that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other discussion. Um, all right. So uh, the new owner of Tumblr, the 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 guy who owns WordPress, says that there's still a fair amount of traffic and they're going to work to keep it going and there's still a fair amount of content on there. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't see it going down very much more. Um, maybe they'll revive it, but it seems in, more... In terms of value, at least. Right, right, in terms of value. Maybe they'll revive it, but it seems more likely that, um, you know, uh, there'll be a new paradigm in the 2020s that someone will yeah, come well, up with. It would be interesting to see if, I mean, if... If it is as as we've kind of alluded to a a drain on uh, on resources, if it costs more to run than it's bringing in, then then perhaps uh, they will find a way to make it kind of uh, cost neutral and and spin it off uh, as uh, maybe a, a nonprofit or or its own you know self sustaining uh, uh, corporation, um, so that it's not tied to uh, to someone with a a larger. Uh, financial or or advertising mission uh to try and preserve some of the things about the the communities there that that made it valuable but 
That's a good idea. We all have lots of ideas on what should happen in an ideal world. <laughs> I know I have lots. Well, because of I, I know there's a lot of controversy on, on the Reddit side, but uh, I mean, Reddit is run by a corporation. I, I don't know what they're, what type of corporation they're incorporated. It's a as, small but, company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's allowed. I mean, if Reddit were bought by, you know, AT&T, uh, that, that would drastically change how, Oh, how that section of the internet runs. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, and and so by by being uh, kind of isolated and or not not isolated but uh, shielded from that by being sustainable, they've they've been able to to some extent protect the community they built there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, any last words before we wrap up? Uh, Tumblr is not all tumbleweeds, uh, but. Uh, if it hadn't been for this discussion, I would not have gone back there. <laughs> no, me neither. I, I would not have remembered that I had a Tumblr blog. Uh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, well, uh, I, I think a lot of the people that I would have followed on Tumblr, the type of stuff they were posting has, has very much shifted over to, uh, to, to Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, and even if I was following them on non... Actually, Which you're I, not on. I, I may you're have been following Twitter. some... I'm not. I, I may have been following some Tumblr blogs, but I wasn't following them on Tumblr. I, I have, uh, if they still support it, I was doing it through RSS. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Which I, I have a whole rant about the depreciation. Well, let's turn that into a show. RSS later. Let's but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that some other day. That, you've, you've gotten enough old man rants you need to You day. need to run that. I will give you your own local maximum episode to run the show and talk about <laughs> RSS and rant away. How's that sound? I, I'm, I, I want to say something, but I'm going to save it for later. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Thanks a lot for coming on today. It was a pleasure as always. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. This show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account, at Max Sklar. Have a great week. Feel, feel the power.